This is Adam Gorney with the Respect My Decision podcast this week with Kerry Murdoch from Sooner Scoop. And uh, a lot to talk about with Oklahoma, obviously, a three and three start. Definitely surprising, I think, everybody from uh, from the start of the season when they when they started three and oh, and were looking pretty good. Um, from a scale of one to nuclear war, how how nervous are people in Norman about what's going on or how mad are they or what's really the feeling and, and the sense? Well, uh, Adam, thanks for having me. Uh, before this all started, uh, my beard was not gray. Uh, and as you can see, I haven't shaved in, in several days. You uh, look terrible. It's all, I do look terrible. I mean, I bags under the eyes, haven't slept much. Um, yeah, it, it's, I think it's kind of, people are trying to kind of rebound a little bit. Um, you know, you, you've had two terrible weeks defensively. Uh, it's a shock to the system because it was Brent Venables. He was supposed to come in and, and fix all this. And we all know, you know, over the years, CFP discussions, OU was always knocked for lack of defense. And so to see it this bad, it kind of raises a lot of questions, a lot of red flags. Uh, and you don't have to worry about that CFP uh, conversation anymore, uh, the way this team is playing. And, and people are just trying to figure out, like, whose fault is this? And, and, and what's the real problem behind what's going on? So Venables as a defensive coordinator was fantastic because it was all he focused on. And we all know head coaches have a lot more to do and take on more of a CEO role, um, at least many of them, in terms of recruiting and alumni and you know, shaking hands and doing all the millions of things that he never really had to worry about. Do you get the sense that he's handed over something? Do you problem is really his? You know, it's interesting because you look down during a game and all of a sudden Brent's signaling in plays. So it's like, yeah, at some point he's just like, just let me do it. Just get out of the way. Uh, it's kind of, it, it kind of has that feel to it sometimes. Um, but, you know, he brought Ted Roof here because he trusts him, uh, you know, with knowing his defense, being able to execute it, run it. But, I mean, he's the, you know, he's really the brains behind it all. I mean, it's his system. Uh, he knows how it's supposed to be run. And, you know, I, yeah, sure, I think you can look and say, okay, how's he doing as a head coach? Is he making some mistakes? Is he doing, you know, not doing this enough, doing that? He was asked yesterday at his uh, weekly press conference if he thought about, like, you know, finding room for Bob Stoops to, you know, be some part, be a support staff or something. He kind of, uh, I think he kind of took offense to it a little bit. You know, he's got Matt Wells, a former Texas Tech and uh, longtime head coach on, on his, uh, in, in his, not on his staff, but as part of his faculty, as part of his uh, analyst role. Um, so, I mean, he's got a guy that, you know, can, can kind of, he's got lots of guys that can keep it. I mean, Todd Bates can tell him, you know, uh, exactly what he's seeing. Ted Roof can tell him, like, if they're spending too much time on this or that, uh, I think he has people that can kind of tell him, you know, you might want to try this or, or try and do it that way. So I don't, I don't really think like Bryn is failing as a head coach or, you know, he's, he's, he's not, you know, he's not handling it the right way. It just, I think this team's playing terrible and, and they've got to play, but, and you know what, losing your starting quarterback when yeah. you just lost your entire quarterback room and had to fill it up, you know, it, it, that's a big part of this too, because uh, I, people forget about this. Like, OU fans are up in arms about how can your, your start, your backup quarterback position not be any better? Well, 
It's because Jackson Dart didn't want to come here. He wanted to go yeah. somewhere he could start. Dylan Gabriel was already here. Uh, Chuba Hubbard or P- Purdy. Chuba Hubbard. Chuba. I can't even remember which one's a Chuba and which one's a Chuba. Um, but you know, Purdy's little brother went to Nebraska to sit behind you know Casey Thompson. Casey Thompson wanted to go to Nebraska uh, to be a starter. So they tried to get you know capable backup quarterbacks. It's just with Dylan Gabriel already there and the relationship he had with Jeff Levy. I think most quarterbacks knew they didn't really have a shot at Oklahoma. Let's go back a few weeks because, you know, Nebraska started slow. I think Nebraska went up 7 nothing, and then you go, uh-oh, maybe Oklahoma's on the ropes here. And then they just completely opened a can of whoop-ass and, and, and completely embarrassed Nebraska there. K-State's always tough. K-State is a good football team this year. Adrian Martinez is finally feeling himself, and uh, they, they always give Oklahoma problems. I think things started to unravel a little bit at TCU when guys were running so free that it oh, seemed yeah. like either either that that either the guys on the field weren't understanding the calls or Ted Roof sitting up in the box and they kept showing him on TV and it, it seemed like he didn't even know what the hell to do. It, it seemed like he didn't know what was going on or how to change it and it kept happening. And then you step in to last week where Texas wants to run it up if they can and they did, you know. We actually talked about this on the podcast today. Like when it was 21 nothing, I think Eddie and I were both of the same mindset, which is I think they've actually improved this week because they're playing, you know, Quinn Gears. Like, you know, and then they had an interception that they dropped, and, and then Texas went down and scored after that to make it 28 nothing. But, you know, they just had no hope without a quarterback. And I mean, you know, they went to the Wildcat and ran that. And, uh, and Davis Bevel was just awful. I mean, just, just one of the worst quarterbacks under center I could ever remember seeing in an Oklahoma uniform uh, just the way he played and you know that's been the thing it's like what happened to that team at Nebraska you know to to, that seemed so capable to where you just seem like you just got dropped onto this planet and we're told okay go out there and play some football like how does it go that bad that fast I think that's the question most people struggle with and I'm, I think that's what Brent struggles with. I mean, as yeah. a coach, I mean, it was obvious after that that uh, TCU game, like he had no answers. He was he was he had been you know sideswiped. I mean, it yeah. was he, he felt like he he'd been run over. I mean, just a total look of being lost on his face. Now after Texas, uh, you know, he still really didn't have any answers. So. I would say, you know, this week it's gotten to a point he was very combative in his press conference with the press yesterday. Uh, not like in a bad way, kind of like in a fun way. Yeah. Um, but like he is kind of now taking the reins and saying, you know, I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to change. We're not going to make this defense simpler. We're going to learn how to run it the right way so we don't have to reteach it, you know, somewhere down the line. And he's kind of laying down the law uh, of, you know, he knows he's on the verge of losing this team, I think, but he's also trying to say, if you guys will just listen to me, yeah, like it, look at Nebraska, like you guys have lost your way, listen to me and let's get it fixed and make this, you know, save this season as much as they can. And that's the interesting thing. And and I think football scoop had something and, and maybe you guys did too. Obviously I look over there first and then here. Uh, about him saying, you know, if you don't, if you don't like the way we're running things, get out, you know, like if you're not part of this, then, then, you know, you don't need to be a part of this. Um, 
I, and that could have been the yeah, he said he said about it. He said he, he gave that message to his own staff, like as yeah. well as the player, the players and the staff. Like, you know, if, if you're not down for this, if you're not down to, you know, crawl out of the mud with this, then we don't want you here. That might have been the Brent Venables firing up speech, though, instead of the get the hell out the door speech. You, you don't you just don't know how where he was in his mindset when that came. Right. Well, you know, and it's it's, it's complicated, too, because, you know, the firing of Kale Gundy has really been, um, you know, something I think that in the coaching community, at least it's it's raised a lot of eyebrows like what's going on there. Um, yeah. And I think that there is a little bit of a faction out there. Uh, that is, you know, on on Kale's side that is willing to take, you know, as many jabs as they can at Brent uh, because of that situation. I mean, it, it's you got to realize Kale Gundy has been here since Bob Stoops took the job in 1999. I mean, he was yeah. he's a guy that's won a lot of recruiting battles, you know, was one of the recruiters of Adrian Peterson, uh, DeMarco Murray. I mean, um, DeMarco Murray even came out and made a statement in support of him. Uh, and then Brent Venables came out with another, you know, uh, a, a statement saying we're not going to tolerate what he did here and kind of said what he did, which was uh, to repeat the N word, you know, in, in a team meeting. Yeah. Uh, and that's been kind of something behind the scenes, I think, that has tried to chisel away uh, at, at Brent's um, support. Uh, and it's just kind of strange, but it's just it's the politics of coaching. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of players came out. I saw Joe Mixon came out and said things. And obviously, you know, he had his issue at Oklahoma with that specific word and still supported Kale Gundy in that situation, which was definitely interesting. Now, this is a program that isn't used to losing. And so fans who show up at Norman on a Saturday expect to go home, drive home, and feel good about themselves. And they haven't lost three games since 2014. You know, they haven't had a losing season since John Blake's last year in 98, like this is not something that they're even capable of maybe even comprehending, you know, Bob Stoops never had back-to-back -back losses. It, it, Lincoln Riley is the first coach that had a back-to-back -back loss since John Blake. Yeah. I mean, that's where this, the fans are used to this program being. Yeah. So, so Kansas this week now, usually that's a feel good game and, you can get back on track with a 63-7 win and everything is right again and you're 4-3 and, and moving forward. I actually sort of think, and I might just be my, naive here, that Oklahoma might win this game pretty comfortably. Now, I could be completely wrong, but they they by far have better players. Like, I, I get that Kansas is doing things the right way and winning games and and doing things. Or this could be really when the heat gets on him because Kansas is actually a pretty decent football team and, and Oklahoma might not be right now. I've spent the last two weeks in, in a, in a press box. I, I, I can't go along with you that Oklahoma is going to win comfortably. I'm sorry. Right. I mean, I, there's a lot of damage uh, that's been done to my internal brain <laughs> yeah. watching this team the last couple of, of weeks. Look, I, I get the premise. I just, this team has been so far away defensively. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Kansas gave them all they wanted last year in Lawrence. I mean, people forget yeah. Caleb Williams played an awful game. Uh, and, you know, and, and the, the quarterback that will start now was the quarterback that played last year, and he had a hell of a game against Oklahoma. So, I mean, that's the thing about Kansas. I mean, people laugh about, you know, Texas getting beat. But, I mean, that Kansas – over the last couple of years, that Kansas team has not been just a doorstop for everybody. Yeah, yeah. So 
How does this play out? I mean, this is impossible to know, but do do things get settled or do things just ramp up even more? <laughs> I wish I knew. I wish we could, you know, like we need to know if we need to build a bunker in our offices uh, that we can live in. Um, I wish I knew. I don't know. I, I don't think Brent Venables knows. Like, that's the thing that you got to worry, you know, worry about is like, if the coaches don't know if it's going to turn around, who really would know if it's going to turn around? I mean, I think yeah. they need, I don't think they need some kind of a spark on defense because that's, you know, I, I think it's very possible that Dylan Gabriel could come back and that their offense can put 40 up on Kansas and, you know, just, just win a shootout. But what they need is for their defense to find a spark uh, and to, you know, find some confidence and belief and, and start playing well again, because that's the only way this team ends up in a bowl game at this point. Last thing, recruiting hasn't taken a hit. Um, no, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We'll it's see a big if recruiting weekend, though. So, you know, if they get, they get their heads kicked in by Kansas, you could bet it's going to have some effect on recruiting. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, sometimes I mean, it, it certainly doesn't help, but sometimes kids come in and say, hey, this is my opportunity. This is, yeah. I could be the guy that could be the change maker here. Um, but we'll see. So, all right, Kerry, we, good luck to you this weekend. Take it easy. Uh, if Kansas wins, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll have you back. No, you, I won't come back. I'm no, not coming back. I got my own pods to do, you know, message board to deal with. I'm not coming back here for your abuse. <laughs>